I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, everyone. This is Toby Leary, your host. And this is a 2A Talk radio show that is sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in each and every week at rapidfireradio.us for a weekly show that supports what you love and what we love and what we love to do. You can also follow us on our uh, social media channels. We are at Rapid Fire Radio and at Cape Gunworks. Those are the two places you'll find all our good content. And we have the Rapid Fire line. If you want to call or text or leave us a message, it's 508-444-2120. 508-444-2120. And uh, we're going to do something a little different for this segment. We have joining us uh, Rob Pincus, who is the mastermind behind the PDN training tour, who's going to be kicking off the tour this week, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, Rob, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Uh, I'm busy. I, you sounded like you were busy there getting the show kicked <laughs> off. Uh, that's how I feel in my head. Everything that just happened, obviously, <laughs> video on. the um, You've been down here before. You probably recognize the uh, the decor behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, literally the most presentable part of the classroom or the office space uh, down at uh, what was Ancient City Shooting Range. So we're closing this office down. Uh, my, uh, you know, I'm still still down here, living down here part time. Whenever I'm not traveling around doing other things, or I'm out at my place in Denver. But the business uh, of IC Training Company and, of course, Avidity Arms are, are moving up to North Carolina. So that's been uh, exciting to be going through. We've been up there for a year on the Avidity side, and now we're just finally uh, kind of things are steamrolling fast up there. So we're getting everything shut down. So I'm a little bit hectic uh, myself down here today uh, because we did kick off the training tour uh, mm. this last week. So we already had some classes that have been run. I'm not going to be running my first classes uh, for another week or so. I actually ran some classes in Colorado right before the tour kickoff. So my first tour classes will be coming up in April. Uh, but Derek Poole was down here with me. Edgar Antion was down here, and we did a uh, one-hour video kickoff. I'm talking about all the sponsors and all the instructors and everything we do, and that's going to be dropped by Personal Defense Network on Monday. So everybody will get to see that and sort of start that media train rolling. And uh, I'll be up there to see you guys. Yeah, that's going to be great. We're really excited to be a part of the tour this year, a tour stop, and also one of the uh, vendors of the tour, if you will, in in our unique way of uh, being the official website of the PDN training tour for the first time this year, as well as being the media outlet for the PDN training tour. So we're really happy to be partnering with uh, the Personal Defense Network training tour. Uh, you guys do an amazing job with tons of classes, and you know we're glad to have hosted them over the past few years for sure, and uh, also now to really be an integral part of it. Um, and so uh, I think you'll be up here in April, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and, uh, yeah. so that'll be really great. We're going to have some classes with, with Rob Pincus and, and, uh, what, 
what else is uh where what are some of the other tour stops what are some of the other things happening uh on the tour this year well, I think um, that people can see that the Personal Defense Network uh, Training Tour website is pdntrainingtour.com. Of course, you can go to personaldefensenetwork.com and get there as well through all my social media, all the instructor social media, and our sponsors. Yeah, I, guess I didn't want to steal your thunder there making that announcement, um, but I, I will tell you how excited that it is, uh, excited I am, exciting it is to be able to bring you guys in at a whole nother level. You know, mm-hmm. Rapid Fire Radio last year, you guys helped us as a media sponsor to spread the word, had a lot of our instructors obviously rotating through. Um, once a week, we had a segment to talk about where we were on the tour, what we were doing, and that was fun, and that was great, and I'm glad we're doing that again. But it was exciting for me during the video that everyone else will get to see on Monday to be able to talk about Cape Gunworks as a online retailer mm. sponsor, as someone who, who's stepping up, you know, really toe to toe with the big boys, as they say. And what I reminded people is, you know, I've watched you guys um, grow from, you know, an idea, right, to to like a small kind of strip, small kind of store, uh, and then to now this this amazing retail facility and this amazing range space and training space and how dedicated you guys have been to doing everything top notch, including all the media stuff, which, you know, brings us back to rapid fire. But I reminded people in that, that announcement of you guys as our online retail sponsor that a lot of times you, you can support or support your needs and get what you need in terms of gear for training and practice, personal defense, any of your recreational stuff online and still support a local brick-and-mortar gun shop, right? You guys are a brick-and-mortar gun shop. It's not like you guys are just, you know, some warehouse, you know, with, with foreigners answering the phone shipping stuff out in in their not boxes right I mean, you guys are a local gun shop in a range and offering the opportunity for people to buy things you know that, that it's hard for their local guy to stop you know and, and you guys can buy in volume and it doesn't mean you're going to steal business i think from the local gun shops it's just you're complementing their business because of your ability to to buy in volume and, and have a bigger inventory because of where you guys have gotten yourselves to so um, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm proud for you guys having watched you build this over the last, you know, 10 plus years, uh, you know, from, like I said, from an idea to, to what it is today is really exciting. So thank you for being a part of the, the PDN tour. Um, I'll be making the regular rounds um, this year. I'm down to about uh, probably about half the number of classes that I personally did. Uh, if you go back like four or five years ago uh, for the tour, and yet we've increase the number of classes on the tour, which always has been a goal to get the other instructors more involved. So we have guys like Clint Macro, um, Don Edwards, a Green Line Tactical, uh, you know, joining us. We have uh, HPP, uh, Ken Ortega and Maggie Mordaunt. They're uh, based out of Nevada. They're going to be joining us uh, as well as tour, tour instructors this year. Edgar Antione, I mentioned him earlier with Guns for Everyone. It's his first year as a tour instructor. Um, Ryan Hoover's back with us. Uh, he was with us last year for his first year. Kevin Dixie, been with us for a few years now. And then, of course, the regulars, you know, are there as well. Alessandro Padovane, Derek Poole, uh, Barrett Kendrick. Uh, Jarrah Hutchins has been with us for a few years. She's back with us. So it's it's a great team. Uh, we have a, we kind of cover everything from, you know, Akil Bay, I guess, is another. I forgot him. He's another new tour instructor. Um, he's been around for a while, contributed to PDN. People have seen him on PDN. This is his first year as a tour instructor. So everywhere from him doing the medical stuff, to guys like Edgar or, or Jara, like she's doing, they're, they're, they do very entry-level stuff. you got the more advanced stuff, very advanced stuff sometimes with Don Edwards. Mm. Um, you got Kevin Dixie, who kind of does the full spectrum along with Barrett and Clint and, and uh, Derek. Um, so it's just it's an amazing team, and Ryan doing the unarmed stuff. So it's uh, it's really exciting. It's, it's more of the same in more places, um, and for longer as well. You know, this is only the second year we've done a six-month tour, 
you know, only a handful of years ago, the tour was only about four months long. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a, a great uh, expansion of what we do under this umbrella as well. Yeah, and you know all of those instructors that you just mentioned are great contributors to the, you know, Second Amendment training space, and uh, we're so excited for that. And we'll be having a lot of these instructors on a rotating basis, so we can't wait for that. And uh, thanks for that. Little do people know that actually Rob was one of the first people to actually hear about our plan to do what we did. So uh, we're happy that's come full circle. And uh, thanks so much for joining us, Rob. We'll definitely have you on very soon. We look forward to tour updates. And if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies-only classes and couples classes. So sign up at capegunworks.com, and we will be right back. Thanks for joining us. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, 508-444-2120 is the number to call if you want to be on the show today. Uh, we got another great show packaged up for you. I want to thank Rob Pincus for joining us. And uh, if you want to be a part of the show, make sure you reach out uh, to rapidfireradio.us and get signed up whenever we go live. And you can type your question into the chat and we will talk about it live on the air. Or you can call the Rapid Fire line, 508 508- 444-2120. This week, our poll question of the day is how many states will go constitutional carry in 2023? We have zero, one to two, three to four, or five plus. Go ahead and vote at rapidfireradio.us or go to the Rapid Fire Radio Twitter page and search Rapid Fire Radio, all one word on Twitter to find us. While you're there, like and subscribe and retweet because that'll help us get the message out. Uh, But right now the results are uh, 0% have zero, (laughs) zero for 0%. Uh, One to 2% is 50%. Three to four is another 50%. And five plus is 0%. So I would love to see five plus states go constitutional carry. But anyway, um, and this week's discount code for those of you playing along at home is CHAMBER. If you type in CHAMBER on the Cape Gunworks website, you will get a very special discount off your entire order. And that should be easy to remember. CHAMBER. There you have it. All right. So 
crazy breaking news week, all right? we have, My head is still spinning. So there is so much going on right now. And, uh, I, you know, I don't even know where to start. It's like a smorgasbord of firearms news. Uh, but anyway, let's start with this because Davey brought it up that the California roster was ruled unconstitutional. And he's 100% right. A district court judge in California has ruled that the California, um, basically their handgun roster, which is very similar to the roster that we have here in Massachusetts, um, is has been ruled unconstitutional. And the the beauty of it is not the way it was done. It didn't just point to Bruin, although it did do that. But it also goes through the, uh, the, the logic of the existing roster. And what's crazy about that is the, uh, the, the act is called the Unsafe Handguns Act. So the judge, if you read the whole decision, it's actually really cool to read. The judge writes um, how the Unsafe Handgun uh, Act has all these new requirements like micro stamping, loaded chamber indicator, and et cetera, et cetera. And so he then goes on to say how none of the guns that are on the approved weapons roster in California have any of these features. So they are technically, by definition, unsafe handguns based on the state's own definition. So they're saying that all these old guns don't have the technology that they're now requiring all the guns that are going to be added to the roster to actually have. Then he goes on to further point out the hypocrisy of it all by saying, and plus, law enforcement is exempt from the Unsafe Handguns Act. So that means the law enforcement agencies are actually using guns that are not on the safe handgun roster, which technically they're unsafe according to you know state logic. But... I digress. The The point is, they're not even using the guns that are on the roster. They're going for off-roster, new, modern, latest technology guns that the civilian population has no access to. And he's saying, that's ridiculous. If these guns were truly unsafe, why would we allow our law enforcement communities to use them? And I've made that argument about our own roster here in Massachusetts. And then he brings it full circle to say, and also it doesn't comply with you know, the text, history, and tradition of the Second Amendment. So therefore, it's unconstitutional. Now, the sticky wicket is he also put a 14-day stay on his own decision. So the last time, like, Justice uh, Benitez, uh, otherwise known as St. Benitez, had ruled that firearms magazines or large-capacity magazines or standard-capacity magazines were unconstitutional, uh, the ban of those were unconstitutional, California had this thing called Freedom Week. So they had this week where they could buy uh, standard capacity magazines. And I mean, tractor trailer loads were being sent to California. It was like a giant vacuum cleaner. Every distributor I knew and that we do business with, you couldn't get a standard capacity magazine. They were all being shipped to California. So in an effort to not do that, if the state's going to appeal this decision... They, he put a 14-day stay on his own decision, which is unfortunate. I like Freedom Weeks, personally. Uh, and I think uh, 
it should be freedom, period, not just a week, not limited to a week. But anyway, the, the long and short of it is that um, he has ruled it's unconstitutional, but he's at least giving the uh, state a chance to uh, appeal that decision. So interesting. Um, and we are watching because we're here in Massachusetts, have the same thing, and our oral arguments are going to be starting on April 4th in the Firearms Policy Coalition case challenging the mass-approved weapons roster and the attorney general's regulations. So that's huge. And now we have a precedent from a judge uh, in California that has ruled that it's unconstitutional. And for all, the, for all those reasons, we could use that as uh, political ammunition, if you will, or you know, legal ammunition uh, for striking down our own unconstitutional handgun roster. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be really good. Um, we're we're interested in tracking along that. Then the next thing that happened was Polymer 80 um, has been granted a preliminary injunction in the lawsuit of that they are a part of in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, I believe it's in the Fifth Circuit. I know it's in the Fifth Circuit. It's in Texas, but I don't know if it was a... Uh, an appeals court that gave the decision or if it was a district court. But regardless, um, it it was a district court. Excuse me. I'm just reading it now. Um, So Polymer 80 sought to be enjoined in this case by a couple other 80% manufacturers that were suing the ATF. And it was originally like it's got this long convoluted history of, you know, North Dakota and everything else and then being remanded down to Texas and all this And once the second company was allowed to be enjoined into the case, then Paula Moretti lobbied to be enjoined and was granted. And every time the ATF was like, wait, wait, no, no, this shouldn't happen. No, they can't. They shouldn't be allowed to be enjoined. But anyway, the the bottom line is uh, Paula Moretti is the biggest uh, manufacturer in this space. And the district court judge uh, has granted a preliminary injunction against the ATF, who basically shut down uh, Paula Moretti's online fire, uh, not firearms, but online sales of their 80% lowers. Uh, They have continued to produce um, fully machined lowers with serialized that we've we've sold in our shop, um, you know, that are a completed receiver that is serialized. So we've sold a bunch of those, but we're talking specifically about the quote-unquote 80 percenter. Well, the ATF didn't take that sitting down. They they have immediately... Um, oh, so as a result of the preliminary injunction, Polymer 80 started shipping out their 80 percent frames again. And the ATF did not take that sitting down. So they have issued a um, notice to all gun dealers. And uh, this is the day after... Polymer 80 had a big win in court, and um, the ATF is, it's, they kicked the beehive. So the ATF is not happy. So Dettelbach himself, himself Stephen Dettelbach, issued a public safety advisory uh, to all federal, federal firearms licensees and firearm parts com- components and accessories manufacturers and distributors. Basically, threatening under this final rule making and it's loosely based on what they deem to be a readily assembled firearm 
So basically, they're saying uh, there's a process to which we consider something is readily assembled. And they're saying it is these things, but not limited to uh, how much time it takes to finish the process, uh, how easy or difficult it is to do this, uh, what expertise you need to know and have in order to do this, what equipment and tools are required, what parts are available. Can you just easily acquire these anywhere? Uh, Whether additional parts are required and how easily they can be obtained expense, how much it costs, and the scope, the extent to which the subject of the process must be changed to finish it, and uh, feasibility as to whether the process would damage or destroy the subject of the process or cause it to malfunction. So (laughs) this is like wanting your cake and eat it too. They've been smacked down by the courts, and now they're saying, whoa, 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 before you, I see you're selling those, and We are going to take notice, and by the way, we're watching to see how long it takes to finish them, what level of expertise, what tools are required, are those tools available readily and easily, are they easily obtained by anyone without any special skill set and all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, like, this is ridiculous. Like, it takes longer than it should already. I want to be able to finish out a gun and five minutes. I got places to go. I got people to see. I I got a range to go shoot him on, shoot the guns on. And, you know, what, what kind of arbitrary semantics is this? It is a bunch of, uh, you know, arm waving and flapping, wing flapping by an agency that was just handed a staunch defeat and that can't take it sitting down and doesn't go back and say, you know what, we were wrong for trying to violate people's Second Amendment rights. We were sorry. Nope, they're doubling down. And they have a snitch line that they're asking you to rat out your friends on if you're assembling these polymer 80 lowers. All right, more after this. If you want to take a private lesson, it's become one of the most fastest growing segments of our business. You can get one-on-one instruction tailored to you. We have lessons for pistol, rifle, and shotgun, or just test out some other guns, learn how to use them, operate them, break them down, whatever you want to do. You can take a private lesson with one of our great instructors. Go to capegunworks.com slash privates. We will be right back after this. This is Rapid Fire. hard to leave shots like these to chance. Now you never have to compromise performance again. Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth hits ducks and upland birds with 9.6 gram per cubic centimeter pellets sourced from heavy shot. 22% denser than steel. More energy downrange. Launched by the Flight Control Flex Wad, Heavy Bismuth patterns consistently and is safe in all shotguns. Loaded in the USA by Federal Ammunition. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. If you want to tell us what you think, am I way out of line, or if you agree with me, you can always call us at 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And this week's giveaway winner is Rick R. Look for an email from us. You get the Picatinny Rail AirTag by Strike Industries. The air tag holder for your pick rail on whatever gun you choose to put it on. Um, so you will be getting that. 
This week's giveaway, by the way, is a brand new edition Cape Gunworks t-shirt. Um, I'll, I'll probably try and grab one on the break here so I can show you guys online. It has never been released. It is a brand new design. And I'll just give you what the words say. I'm not going to describe the picture until I show you. But it says, uh, the Second Amendment is my carry permit. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's what it originally was going to say. It's, it says now, the Second Amendment shall not be infringed. But anyway, that's uh, that's a brand new t-shirt design. It came out really cool. We're happy about it. And we're going to go ahead and give that away to this week's winner. Uh, it'll be announced next week on next week's show. So you want to go to rapidfireradio.us and scroll down and enter to win the t-shirt. We'll pull it next week. So don't forget this week's discount code is CHAMBER. Uh, so load and make ready. <laughs> uh, if you want to get a special deal on your entire order on capegunworks.com, type in CHAMBER. Um Cool. So that's what we got going on. Uh, we got Mike here from California who said he got in on Freedom Week and uh, he is setting the precedent here in Ca- California for the roster being unconstitutional so it will fall in every state. Um, I believe that right now there's only two, maybe three states total that have this unconstitutional roster. Um, and what's amazing is how our government cares about us so much because all of these are done in an effort to um, in an effort to um, keep us safe. They're all based on safety. They care so much for us. Uh, they want to keep us safe. Uh, that's what the the mass approved weapons roster was all about, and that's what the. Uh, the California roster was all about just to keep you safe. Unsafe handguns. Who really wants to see the proliferation of unsafe handguns, right? We want to make sure those things don't blow up in your hand. We want to make sure they don't, you know, creep out of your safe at night and kill people. We want to make sure that they are not unsafe. And by the way, we exempt all law law enforcement agencies from all of our unsafe handguns laws uh, because we're not really trying to do a backdoor gun ban and make it harder for good people and law-abiding citizens to buy guns. We're just, you know, we just don't want you to have something that's unsafe. That's all it is. So thank your uh, politicians who are thinking for you. And here it is, the unveiling of the T-shirt. Um, as you can see, it is beautifully crafted. It is a very soft shirt. It says, the Second Amendment shall not be infringed. It's got 1776 in the background, and it's got Honest Abe Lincoln in full kit, and he is he is an operator. Uh, so there you go. Uh, we got if you've ever wanted to see what Abraham Lincoln would look like in full kit, you'll be able to check it out on this sh- new shirt, and it's a limited edition shirt. They're not going to be around forever. Uh, so you want to grab yours. Uh, we'll have to get those up on the web. We don't have them up yet, but we will. Anyway, let's go right to the chat because I've, and we can unpack what I've said. I, I've talked about uh, two huge things. One is the polymerity thing, and one is the California handgun roster thing. Uh, we also could talk about the thing <laughs> about uh, the 
bump stock ban being deemed unconstitutional as well. So there's a bunch of these cases that are probably going to be appealed. They're probably going to be, you know, run up the food chain. So not all of them mean we can buy whatever we want right at the end of the, at the end of the day. But, um, it's all good news trending in the right direction. There's been some other defeats, I would say. Uh, but anyway, um, the, it's it's a good trajectory. I like where it's headed. And I actually just tweeted um, something uh, earlier today about, um, let me just go to it so I can read it. Somebody did some work on it. Jake uh, Charles, uh, he's at Jacob D. Charles. Uh, he did some research. He said there wasn't a single successful Second Amendment challenge in the six months after Heller. In his research, he found 31 successful claims in the eight months since Bruin. So this is huge. Um, if you think about it, uh, the courts, and I predicted this right as, you know, as everybody did, but right after the Bruin decision that the court systems are going to be jammed for the next five, six years, no doubt about it. But he put out a table on this tweet, and I'll drop the tweet into the uh, chat, so if you want to check it out uh, and retweet it. Um, but anyway, uh, there's basically a 44% sec- success rate on all these civil claims. There was, uh, it looks like, uh, I think, 22 civil claims were uh, invalidated thanks to the Bruin decision, and nine criminal ones for a total of 31 successful um, invalidations based on the Bruin case. So this is huge. Uh, It looks like there was uh, 31 that prevailed out of 212 total claims that have been adjudicated. So it means there's probably still some in the pipeline, but um, hopefully we'll see this this continue to trend in the right direction. all right, we got a call from Ed. So go ahead, Ed. I currently reside in Massachusetts, but I also have property in Maine. In both states, I have a pistol that would fall under the new SBR ruling. Would I be allowed to file for an SBR in Massachusetts and at the same time file for an SBR in the state of Maine, with Massachusetts being my ruling? I reached out to the ATF. And they did not have an answer. The agents I spoke to, I am sending an email to another agent looking for response. I just was wondering what your answer might be on this one or if you had a had a uh, input that would clarify me on this. Yeah, well, thanks for the call, Ed. Um, so, yes, you can apply for these pistols to be an SBR. And if you have the one in Massachusetts, um I would apply in mass for that one, and if you have one in Maine, I would apply for that one in Maine. Uh, I assume you could bring it to either place. If it's only one gun we're talking about, um, you could bring it to either state. But I don't see a problem with, uh, you know, uh, registering them in whichever state. If you have, you know, residences in both, you can certainly do it in both. Um, and you can do SBRs in Massachusetts on what's known as a Form 1. It's the same process for Massachusetts as it is Maine. I would just caution that in Massachusetts, you know, it'll probably be fine since you already own the gun, but 
it doesn't necessarily exempt you from the assault weapons ban. There are people who make an argument that it does because um, for it to be considered an assault rifle, it has to be a rifle. And um, Massachusetts doesn't define a rifle as any gun that has a barrel less than 16 inches. So there is some sort of loophole, but it's this weird gray area. So um, it might be exempted from the assault weapons ban. It's never been really challenged in court to my knowledge. Um, But because Mass doesn't define a gun with a barrel less than 16 as a rifle in any way, shape, or form, uh, it's logical uh, that it could be, you know, exempt from the assault weapons ban. However, that is not legal advice by me. I would say contact a competent attorney uh, like Jason Guido or Keith Langer and get one of them on the phone or Andrew Kucher and have them guide you through that process. But you're absolutely able to do it. Um, in both states, and I would say uh, the fact that the ATF couldn't answer your question comes as no surprise uh, whatsoever. So um, the one thing I would say as a word of caution is take the pistol brace off and pay the fee and do it through the regular Form 1. Don't get sucked into this uh, forbearance, amnesty, whatever you want to call it, uh, period where they're asking you to send pictures of your gun and blah, 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 and they'll waive the fee or forbear the fee for a time until they decide they need more money or something like that. So I would say just do it the traditional route, pay pony up and pay the fee, um, and that's the way the best thing that, that could happen. Um, I know there's still a proven Form 1 uh, applications. We just helped a customer that um, their Form 1 came back uh, or the Form 4 came back. I, I'm sorry, it was a, already an existing SBR that got transferred in this state in Massachusetts, and that came back, and they were able to facilitate that transfer yesterday. So, you know, it still goes through. So you just got to pay the 200 bucks. And anyway, but uh, it's it's worth doing, and then you can have a stock instead of a brace anyway, which is always better. But let me know what you think, 508-444-2120. If you want to be on the phone with me today, you can always give us a call. You can text your question or you can leave us a message, 508-444-2120. Let's jump over to the chat. Uh, I've been, you know, uh, capitalizing on the airtime today and I want to get to your questions because it's going to be a fast hour. So um, let's see. is the Canic Rival S mass compliant? Uh, that's a good question. I do not believe the Rival S is, uh, and I'm going to look that up. I know the Rival is, and I don't know if there's a difference between the Rival and the Rival S, but let's check. Um, this can be found, by the way, if you go to mass.gov slash list slash approved firearms rosters. Just Google mass approved firearms roster. It comes right up. It's a lot easier than the actual um list and this is a fairly new list that just came out in March which is really funny because you know details matter but the approved firearms roster that came out this month on March in March they they wrote right on the uh the website that it came out in March of 2022 uh but anyway I'll stop talking and look up this canic so uh let's see the canic rival just says SFX Rival, so I would say that Rival S is not, but um, 
the SFX Rival is. So sometimes they get those out of order too. And there's no part number. So I would say the Rival S is because there's no actual part number. All right, we have exciting new pistol training series. Pistol 1 is our basic class. Pistol 2 continues to build on the basic skills. Pistol 3 draws from the holster. And Pistol 4 is where the rubber meets the road. So go to capegunworks.com and check the calendar for these new classes on Mondays and ladies-only versions on Saturdays. Really exciting times here at Cape Gunworks, so go ahead over and sign up today. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm Toby Leary, your host, and one of my favorite times of the week is the Rapid Fire Gun of the Week. And this week's Gun of the Week, we did a really high-end Nighthawk Customs last week, um, which isn't, let's be frank, it's not going to fit everybody's budget. But here is a gun that will fit everybody's budget, and it's the... Smith & Wesson Equalizer. And the reason I love this gun is because I actually had a chance to come up with a name for this gun when I was on the Smith & Wesson Retail Council, Retail Advisory Council. I'm, I'm sure they'll deny it, but <laughs> it was a fun contest by all of the members of the Retail Advisory Council. And uh, my buddy, actually, they picked his name, uh, Equalizer. Um, so they did not go with mine. But anyway, there it is. In all its glory. And what's cool about this gun is the fact that it is a cross between a Shield Plus and a Shield EZ. So it still has the easy rack slide. It has a grip safety in the back, but it is a lower profile. I think they fixed the grip safety, which is one uh, of the complaints of the Smith EZ that I hear from customers a lot. It has the same type of trigger. Uh, and it is optic ready, which is huge. That's a big win over the uh, regular easy shield. Um, this one actually has the Vortex Defender CCW on it. It is a great fit on this gun, um, and it's a great optic, but uh, the equalizer has deep caulking serrations on the front and the rear. If your thumb rides the slide like mine does, you might need a Band-Aid based on those uh, you know, deep caulking serrations on the front, or just you're going to have to adjust your grip a little bit like I did. Uh, the mag release is ambidextrous. You can flip it to the right side of the gun or the left side of the gun. 
You can get it with or without a thumb safety. I have the no thumb safety models in stock, which is the way this gun should be sold in my humble opinion. But uh, you can get it with the thumb safety if you prefer. And the other part that's really cool is it comes with the Shield Plus magazines. So uh, the flush fitting 10 round mags, it comes with two of those. And it comes with an Uplula. So in keeping with the intent and spirit of the Shield EZ, which had the Easy Load magazine, since they went to the Shield Plus mag, they're a little bit harder to load. So it came with the Uplula, the Maglula Uplula magazine loader. I know that sounds like I'm speaking another language, but uh, it does really help load and, you know, get your thumb. It, we call it the thumb saver here at the shop. So anyway, uh, it's a really cool gun. Um, the price point on it is phenomenal. They're, you know, 500 bucks for an optics ready uh, pistol, pistol that is uh, has a light rail and a, you know, pick rail under the bottom. Easy takedown, easy rack slide. It is still a hammer fired gun. Uh, but you wouldn't know it by uh, trying it out. The trigger on it is excellent. And um, so, yeah, you're going to have to check one out. We have one on our rental wall in the range. And uh, in a free state, it comes with three mags. It comes with the 10, the 13, and the 15 round mag. So obviously no fair, no fair uh, for us here in Massachusetts behind enemy lines. Uh, we have the 10 round legal limit <laughs> we're at the legal limit uh but it's still an increased capacity over the shield ez which had eight rounds um, but i think uh smith knocked it out of the park with the equalizer it's a great hybrid pistol and it's a good everyday carry good first gun for somebody um so good place to start looking if you're in the market for a new everyday carry gun about the size of the smith excuse me about the size of the smith and wesson uh, i'm sorry the sig 365 XL. So come check it out or go to our website. You can go to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down to Gun of the Week and click it and use GOW at checkout if you want to take advantage of a special deal on this gun. So anyway, that's uh that's the gun of the week, and we will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Defense Network. For years, we've been the internet's leading destination for high-quality information on equipment, training, and your preparation for personal or home defense. Our videos are meant for those who are serious about enhancing their ability to use efficient techniques to survive a dynamic critical incident. But now we've stepped things up even higher. We've added hours of high-quality training videos just for our premium members. This content takes the body of work that is the Personal Defense Network up to an even higher level. Our goal with the Personal Defense Network is simple. Provide you with the highest quality video learning tips that are available. You'll find them inside of the premium membership. All you have to do is choose how to get started, and I'll see you on the inside. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And I'm really happy you're here. I have people come in the range all the time or in the shop. They say, hey, I hear you on the radio, or I hear you with Grace Curley, or I heard you on such and such a show. And I'm like, that's great. <laughs> because, you know, I wonder how many people are listening from time to time. And my my line is, 
if it weren't for people like you, I'm just talking to myself. So, uh, and that gets weird from time to time. I do it plenty, believe me. Um, but it's more fun when other people are listening. So hopefully you're getting something out of this show. I enjoy doing it. And if you are, make sure you share it with a friend, an enemy, a neighbor, a relative, um, and anyone else who is in your circle or sphere of influence. And that's how we can continue to spread the message. So jumping back on the chat here, um, let's see, uh, in mass, how many new people are concealed carrying around them all the time? Uh, if people knew how many are con- people are concealed carrying around them at all time, they might have a heart attack. Oh, that's true. Maybe, maybe not. Um, you never know. Uh, but a lot of people in the chat are saying they don't see uh, Massachusetts ever becoming constitutional carry because the poll question of the day is um, how many states will be added to uh, the constitutional carry list? Um, zero, one to two, three to four, or five plus uh, in 2023. And go over to rapidfireradio.us or our Twitter page on Rapid Fire Radio and vote. And so right now the results are uh, one to two is at 37.5% and 62.5% believe three to four. So I guess uh, people are optimistic. They haven't quite jumped the shark to get to five plus, but uh, there's definitely, I think, four states seriously considering it. It's moving in the House in Florida, and Florida's the one state that I'm just shocked it hasn't happened in. I know it was a Republican that blocked it the last time, and that's unfortunate, but it would be really good to see it happen and trend. I would love it to be uh, all 50 states, just as the way our framers of the Constitution intended it. Like, they didn't issue a permit. They didn't say, here's your permit to carry when we give you something we acknowledge that this right is endowed by our creator and it's inalienable or unalienable. You can't take it away. You can't attach it. You can't restrict it. You can't uh, put conditions on it. You can't start to charge a fee for it. You can't start to sell a license and have people have to jump through hoops in order to exercise it. That is all unconstitutional. It's a house of cards that will go down. I'm hoping so. We'll have our freedoms restored one way or another, but it's definitely going to be in the court system. It's not going to be in the state house, unfortunately. In fact, along those lines, there's a bill that I think Lindsey Graham introduced that he wants to make a uh, the Heller and Bruin decision literally a law so that it's written into the U.S. Code. It's like the protection of the Second Amendment, um, but... I don't know how it's probably more like it's probably along the lines of Joe Biden's executive order that he just signed. Like, what does it actually do? Because frankly, we have the second amendment, which is better than any law that anyone can create. Um, but they basically want to codify the Bruin, uh, you know, decision and make it into law, which again, I don't know what the point of it is when you can just point to the Bruin decision and say, hey guys, uh, we now have clear marching orders from the Supreme Court, which is a co-equal branch of government to ours. So I know we get high on our horse here in the 
in the Congress and we like to make laws and we like to violate people's constitutional rights all the time. But a co-equal branch of government has just issued that it is unconstitutional, everything we've been doing in the past 30 years as, as it pertains to guns, and we need to stop. There you go. That's it. Why do we have to make a law? Why do we have to memorialize it or codify it or whatever? And I get maybe it's because there's going to come a time when they ignore the Supreme Court ruling, just as there's a time right now where we ignore Murdoch v. Pennsylvania, 1943, where you can't charge a fee, sell a license, or issue a permit for a enumerated constitutional federally protected right. But guess what we do in all these states that have license to carry schemes? We sell a permit, we sell a license, we charge a fee, we make them jump through hoops. So there, you know, there might be something to actually codifying it, putting it into law. But anyway, what do you think? 508-444-2120. Um, and Let's just jump back to the chat real quick. Um, the skilled says the shot heard around the world uh, and how freedom was born in Massachusetts. And I agree. It is ironic. Uh, Mike won a private range lesson from San Diego gun owners on April 5th with Mike Petrolini. That should be awesome. I'm, I'm a little jealous. That's, that should be good. Um, so anyway, uh, Someone was saying, good luck visiting Trader Joe's in such a t-shirt, but fun fun with a gun. Uh, uh, Somebody said that they went to Trader Joe's with a shirt that had a picture of an AR-15 and words that said, I plead the second. And you wouldn't believe the reaction that got from people at Trader Joe's. Uh, That's great. Here's something from the email line. I have my mass LTC for over a year now. I'm interested in a non-resident Utah license. Some classes offer live fire to apply for non-resident. Florida LTC is my live fire class I took from Mass. LTC good enough for Florida, or do I need the Utah live fire to do that? Uh, Thank you for all the 2A community, huge supporters, and we appreciate all that you do. Great. Um, Actually, the Florida license to carry is any nationally recognized course with live fire. So if you did do a live fire LTC class in Massachusetts, that should be sufficient. Um, however, the one we offer here does have specific slides for Florida that will help you apply and give you the rules around applying in Florida and some of the rules about where you can and can't carry a gun in Florida. So it's not a bad idea to take the Florida class anyway, um, but you could certainly submit with your current Massachusetts as long as it is a nationally recognized curriculum. Uh, that has live fire, you should be able to get your license to carry in Florida. Um, so hopefully that works out for you. Um, uh, I recall an entry elementary school kid took heat for drawing a picture of a gun on paper. Yeah, I remember the elementary school kid who ate his peanut butter and jelly sandwich into a gun shape and then pointed it at his friend and went pew, pew, and got suspended for like a week from school. And this was like a five-year-old kid just imagine how uh ridiculous that is and when you're a you know five to eight year old boy everything you see on the ground and in your world is a stick or a gun or a uh you know sword or slingshot or laser gun uh that's just how boys are wired and it's 
it was a fun way to grow up. Uh, drinking out of the garden hose, building forts, and playing cowboys and Indians. I know those days are over, but uh, that's what we did, and uh, it was fun. And until I got we got into the ninja stuff, then it was throwing stars and samurai swords and <laughs> all that blow guns. We always had a weapon at our disposal. Some some our parents knew about, others they did not. Uh, but that was just written into our DNA. There was nothing we could do about it. And uh, it made for fun afternoons in the summer and, you know, forgetting what time dinner was because you were so engrossed in what you were doing. Uh, the good old days. I know I sound like an old fart now. You know, when I was a kid, we used to have to play with sticks. <laughs> But uh, that's the way it was, man. I, I had fun. Now it's sad. It breaks my heart to see kids with a three-second attention span and groping for their phone if it's out of their reach for more than 30 seconds. But Jay wants to know if I could find him a RIA, the Rock Island VR-80 Stormtrooper, white. I haven't seen one. Uh, we should be able to find you that. If it's still made, it shouldn't be a problem. Um, so hopefully you'll be able to find that. And Cole's wondering on building an AR-15, uh, a stripped lower receiver or an 80% lower, is it illegal in Massachusetts? And is there any way to do it legally? It all depends who you ask. If you ask the former attorney general, who's now our governor, it is highly illegal. However, she never charged anyone, to my knowledge, with doing said activities and if you look at the mass code or mass law, it doesn't appear to be illegal. So I would say proceed with caution if that's what you're going to do. Um, I I have no idea. I'm not a lawyer and I don't play one on TV and don't construe this as legal advice. But I would say proceed with caution if you're going to do that. KJ, the Smith & Wesson FPC mass compliant, yes, it is uh, with some modifications. But the Springfield St. 9 mil. I do not believe it is um, for a couple of reasons that I'm happy to get into uh, with you outside of this chat, um, just for time's sake. And ASD is saying the equalizer. How come that makes me think of the old West? Because that's when it was uh, referred to the, as the great equalizer. Um, so let's see. Uh, you all could live in New York. Someone is saying, ha ha. Uh, I don't think so. It's bad enough here. Um, I don't mind if mass doesn't become constitutional carry as long as the mag ban, assault weapons ban, and roster go away. Uh, well, I agree with that, but if you're going to make us get a permit, at least make it legal. I mean, good for life. If there's this whole scheme of issuing a license with a PIN number, and you got to have your PIN number present when you buy the gun, blah, blah, blah ridiculous and the fact that i gotta renew it every five years why do my constitutional rights expire in five years it's baloney absolute baloney what are my thoughts on the taurus g3 compact i like it for a price point gun um it's got a lot of bang for the buck and i like the optic ready one for sure um so you can't really beat it for 299 350 bucks it's a great great gun with 10 round capacity so they did a good job. Um, all right, guys. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Um, and G-Web's on the parting shot here says if they didn't want us to play with things that look like guns, 
and don't make things in the shape of guns. It's not our fault. I agree with that. Made to fit your hand. Uh, But thank you for tuning in. And remember, the show ends here, but it goes on for another hour. So tune in at rapidfireradio.us or call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. Check out all of the social media stuff, Rapid Fire Radio and Kate Gunworks. And ask questions, check out some of our online content. Freedom will always be on the right side of history. And stay tuned. We will see you next time. And don't want to miss Oren Julie, the queen of guns, coming up next. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level... It can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Cowart was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything he worked for taken away. Cohort was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford, where he had worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back, and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. For quite a long time, duck hunters have been shooting steel, but in the past few years, you've really seen a resurgence of a material called bismuth. And what bismuth is, it's got a density a lot closer to lead than steel, where, where steel's density is right around 7.8 or so, and lead's right around 11 grams per cc. Bismuth comes in about 9.6. So just to kind of lay it out for you, if you've got two objects flying at the same speed, the one that is denser at the same speed is gonna hit a lot harder. So a great example is like how we're hunting today. We're out, we're out here on the, we're literally hunting a bay on the ocean, fantastic spot. 
but the wind's coming in pretty hard. Normally shooting the size ducks like the Eurasian Wisions and Teals that we're shooting at today, I would probably choose to shoot like a, a number four steel, but because the wind's higher, I would maybe go to a number two because I'd get more energy and let the, let the steel carry further. Bismuth allows you to go one shot size smaller and still hit the bird just as hard as you would. Now what that allows you to do, we're shooting a number three shot today, so we're getting all the pellets of a number three load but we're getting all the energy of a number two steel shot. So it's gonna hit harder, it's really gonna extend your range, still meets all the lead-free requirements everywhere you are. Just a great product, and you'll definitely notice the power that you hit the birds with. Another thing with the Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth is we're shooting a flight control wad. So you can choke that with any choke you want, whether that's ported or not. Getting incredibly tight patterns. Again, more pellets on the bird, just hits them hard. Alright, welcome back to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Make sure you tune in each and every week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. And like and subscribe on all of our social media accounts. We are at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio. But right now I'm really happy to have on the line with us, all the way from Israel... Uh, Oren Julie, how are you today? And I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. It's been uh, it's the first time we've done an interview from Israel, so I'm really excited about that. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of Israel myself, and I've been there twice. And um, so I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on and uh, talk guns and stuff with <laughs> us uh, from Israel. But uh, with that being said. Why don't you just tell our listeners what it is you do, what what it is that uh, you know you kind of do for a living, your a little bit of your background, especially as it relates to the uh, firearms community. Okay, so um, my name is Orin Julie. I'm 29 years old from Israel. My nickname on Instagram is the Queen of Guns. I love firearms. Nice. I served three years as a combat soldier in a search and rescue unit. My rank is a captain, um, and now I do a lot of reserve duty. What I do for a living is like everything that keeps me free. I do like content and I do uh, lectures. I talk about mental health and firearms and uh, the IDF, everything that makes me happy and keeps me free. Nice. That's great. Um, Well, so you've become kind of an advocate around firearms and mental health in uh, in Israel, which uh, it's funny, I might screw up and say it a couple times today and say the Second Amendment, which is what <laughs> how it relates to guns in our country, but you don't have a we Second Amendment. Have it, yeah. so, we have. <laughs> so, but obviously, um, firearms ownership is legal in, in Israel for s- civilians, correct? Uh, it, it's very complicated. Only specific people can own firearms. And if you are like, um, standing the criteria, you get one pistol with 50 rounds, and this is it. Wow. We have like 100,000 people who can own one pistol with 50 rounds, and that's it. I have like five, almost six firearms, mm. um, because I'm an IPSC shooter, so I have like a, a club that I'm shooting in, and I get like a, the license, but it's super complicated in Israel. Wow. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Th- has it become more restricted as mm-hmm. in the last few yeah. years, because I, I seem to remember, like I was there 21 years ago, 
and everybody was carrying a gun. Like, uh, <laughs> so in we, fact, we saw soldiers. So we probably saw soldiers walking around like without uniforms, and they can all, they can walk around with their AR-15 everywhere. But right. once they finish the military service, they cannot get it. Um, but yeah, it got really more strict in the last in the last few years. Mm-hmm. We had like a really left wing government. Mm-hmm. They were taking away more firearms, and they were trying to make really hard life for sportive shooters. It was really hard. Now we have a new government, and mm-hmm. I hope they will make it better for us. Because mm-hmm. in Israel, we don't have like many legal firearms, but we have many illegal firearms. More than half a million illegal firearms in the Arab society. Mm, wow. Crazy. Now, um, yeah, like I, again, I remember when I was there 20 years ago, it seemed like our bus driver was carrying, our tour guide was carrying, our, uh, you'd see the police and military everywhere. But uh, I even went to a kibbutz, and I've mentioned this on the show before, where uh, we went for lunch at, at this kibbutz, and I don't remember where. I believe it was down by, um, down by heading towards, uh, the south, like down by the Dead Sea, on the way, and um, mm-hmm. but I can't remember exactly. It was 21 years ago, but we stopped <laughs> at a school cafeteria to have lunch, and all the teachers were carrying uh, Uzis on their backs, and uh, yes, and uh, they were all carrying. And I said, "What's going on with the Uzi on your back?" And he said, "Well, we had a school shooting back in the 70s, and we're not going to let that happen again, and it hasn't happened since." And I said, "Wow, that's amazing," uh, but it was maybe. I- a little bit too young to know this, but yeah. I, will, I will look for it. Like yeah, you got to look that up because it was, like I said, 21 years ago and um, almost exactly because we were there in the spring 21 years ago. And that's when we found out my wife was pregnant. Uh, so it was pretty interesting. And uh, my son is actually named after our tour guide. So, uh, What's his name? Ezra. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very yeah. Jewish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but he is, uh, he had a profound impact on us when we were there. And uh, mm-hmm. he, I felt like he was extremely passionate about what he did. And um, he, you know, was with us the first three days. And then he had to leave to go attend his son's memorial service, which it was a mm-hmm. year, a year since he had uh, been killed in a terrorist attack in the IDF. So it was really, uh, it was it was a pretty powerful moment for us because we all came to love him so much, and and uh, I got to see him two years later when I went back, and and I told him about my son's name. So uh, this but, is super inspiring, I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. So anyway, get fast forward twenty one years. Here you are <laughs> living your life in Israel, and um, you obviously are a firearms enthusiast. Um, what does that look like in Israel as far as do you have like com- competitions and like can you do you have uh, gun shows or gun shops mm. that you can visit and all that? Kind I'll of thing? tell you what, in Israel, even the citizens don't want like firearms, they really? don't understand the need for mm. firearms because whenever we hear like Israelis hear about like school shooting in America, they go like, oh, it's because America has the Second Amendment and blah blah blah. Mm. I go against that because sure. I, I understand like that there are like millions of American citizens who have like many firearms and they are not the problem. If they were the problem, we would know. Um, but in Israel, they don't get it. They feel like you are going to the Walmart, you get a firearm and then you kill in the school. Mm. So many Israeli citizens 
don't want firearms. This is crazy. Mm. They say like, oh, we all have PTSD. We are all very angry and we are very emotional. We don't need firearms. And then whenever like there is a terror attack, everyone wake up like, oh, I need a firearm. I need, I need a pistol. I need to protect myself. Right. So, yeah. But, yeah, that's um, I think The Jewish people are very like, um, they, they always say like, everything will be all right. Don't mm. worry. And then terror attack and they wake up. And then go back to sleep. Yeah, and you know, we have the same thing that happens here in America. And a lot of people feel like it's easier to blame an object. It's easier to blame the gun for the intent, crime, intentions of a criminal or the intentions of a crazy person. But really, when it strikes home and it gets close, then they all of a sudden see that, hey, maybe this is a tool that could be used to keep me and my family safe. Uh, but... Unfortunately, that it's oftentimes too late when it's struck that close to home. But um, I know, you know, Israel goes through cycles of um, waves of violence and terror and whatnot, yeah. just like it does in America. But um, so it's a much smaller community, much smaller population. When I was there, it was six or seven million people. And it's regionally the size of our state of new jersey i think if it's been compared to so um when when it's that close and in that close of proximity and you live uh in that you know on a daily basis you would think people would realize the the need to be able to protect themselves by arms uh in you know in that cyclical uh of terror or you know terrorist attacks um, but and the crazy thing is that we all serve, in, it's mandatory to serve in Israel, so we right. all have experience with firearms, at least once, and we really, I feel like a lot of people really respect firearms, so mm. I feel like a lot of a lot of people are very responsible to own at least one pistol with 50 rounds, sure. but the government don't trust us, and I don't think they want us to have firearms. Yeah. Least, you know. As you said, um, you know, the, the government that you had, uh, which was left-leaning, um, was very much opposed to civilian ownership of firearms. That seems to be the theme. Uh, it's certainly the case here as well. And uh, it makes you wonder what, why the agenda of blaming people who aren't responsible for crime. It seems to be a universal concept if it's that way in Israel and it's that way here in America. You know, I don't understand what the um, advantage of disarming people in the face of evil. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I feel. I feel like people are trying to find like the easy way to stop violence, but this is not the easy way to stop violence. I feel like in America there is a huge problem about mental health because mm-hmm. I talk a lot about about mental health because I was um, sexually abused when I was a kid, and I needed to heal my wounds to understand like how to control myself, how to be a better person. And then I understand that there is a huge problem of mental health in America because not a lot of people talk about this topic. And whenever they talk about it, so I feel like it's in California, so they use it in the way like, oh my God, you're gaslighting me and all that, you know. And they're not really like taking it seriously and it's super important to heal our wounds. So we won't be like very aggressive and angry and this is what I'm trying to promote, mm. like, like responsible gun ownership and take care of your soul, take care of your wounds, like go to therapy. That's a great point. And I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's terrible. And I, unfortunately, it just, 
paints the picture of the evil that does exist in our world yeah. today. Um, but you bring up a great point, and I've had um, Michael Sondini on before, who has the Walk the Talk America, um, is a great uh, resource for people who um, want to do a self-screening or something like that. Uh, uh, to It's basically the intersection of firearms and the mental health uh, that we all, like you said, need to you know, pay attention to. And, and I think that our world does a horrible job as a whole, especially our government. They love to put rules and legislation on firearms ownership, but yet we ignore the larger problem of mental health and, and uh, do a terrible job of treating it. And if it isn't something that somebody seeks out on their own uh, or, you know, there's no like community type of, uh, not pressure, but uh, responsibility of urging each other to to make sure that they're they're taking care of themselves in a way and dealing with traumas because traumas are things that you know can easily come back later to haunt us and and whatnot. Absolutely. So, um, so I feel what, like, um, a lot of people in Israel don't like firearms, and we don't have like gun culture. So whenever I like got famous in Israel, uh, they called me like a gun model. Okay, I hate this name. Mm. Um, but they called me gun model, and they were asking me in the beginning, like, why do you love firearms so much? You are such a gentle and nice and beautiful lady. Why would you love firearms? Mm. And I went, like, before I went to therapy, I said, like, um, I don't know. It, it gives me, like, confidence. I, I'm able to protect myself. And then once I, go, I went to therapy, I understood that we are based on our childhood and I wanted to take firearms and protect myself with the most effective tool for the job because my parents didn't do this job and like my spirit, my um, instinct wanted to like protect myself. So Mm -hmm. I took like the most extreme tool to protect myself. And then I understood that everything that we are is based on our childhood. And if we don't take care of our childhood, we will be aggressive and angry and this is what we need to take to take care of. Like there will always be. Sorry for my English. No, no, no. <laughs> there will can... always be people who are violent and will, they will do horrible stuff. And if we disarm the good people who want to protect themselves, we're fucked. Mm. Like if a man comes to me in the street or a terrorist comes to me in the street with a knife or with his hands, what am I supposed to do? I'm small. I'm not that strong. And I want to be able to protect myself. So I don't understand why the government would take this right away from me. Yeah, it's, it's like cutting the horns off of a gazelle to protect them from a lion. It doesn't make sense. Exactly. This is a really good analogy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so um, you don't do that to protect the lion from the, I mean, the gazelle from the lion. So why do we do it to the people that are good people that we actually could intervene in a horrible situation and uh you you're bringing up the most basic human right that that's what our founding fathers of america saw in the second amendment that it was the most basic human right is the right to self-defense and it's it's um it was endowed by our creator that we have a right to protect ourselves and we don't have uh we shouldn't have an expectation that someone is ready to ride over the hill and save us because that is not the reality of the situation Mm -hmm. that only happens in the movies right 
And, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, hopefully, uh, people will, you know, as you begin to talk to people and be, be an advocate for firearms ownership in, in your country, I think you're doing a phenomenal job of making that aware and, and, you know, making people aware of the efficiency of the tool. And that's all it is. It's a tool to keep it you, is. but it also can turn into a, a wonderful passion and hobby and uh, way of life. And, uh, you know, obviously that seems to be exactly what you're embracing is as far as your, uh, your passions and, and whatnot. And so you, you came out to SHOT Show this year and have you Yeah, been- I worked with a few companies in SHOT Show. I love America, <laughs> like in the most deep way ever. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny because I wanted to live in America and then I think it was like, for almost four years ago, I like planned to move, and then I met my husband, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he wanted to live in Israel. So I'm flying back and forth like two to three times a year. I'm in America, and I just love everything about it. Nice. So, and you just recently got married, you said? Yes. Yay. Well, how long has it been? <laughs> Six months ago. Six months. Congratulations. Today is actually my 25th anniversary. So. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So it's been, it's, we're on the other side of that. Uh, 25 years. No, it's, uh, it's great. Um, and so congratulations. Marriage is a worthy endeavor. And uh, <laughs> a lot of work at times, but it's worth it. So, um, so you came out for Shot Show. You worked with a couple of companies. Um, you do some work with uh, what? What mostly firearms companies or? Uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Optics, um, even like sixty rounds magazine. I do like all everything that is like gun related. Mm-hmm. I I'm a sport, I'm, I'm a sponsored shooter for Tower and Tactical. Mm-hmm. I just saw the John Wick movie yesterday, so I'm like, oh, nice. Very <laughs> yeah, cool. it's crazy. So um, I'm the only one in Israel who is like sponsored by Taran, so it's nice. I yep. have his firearms and I shoot really well. So great, I got it. That's yeah, awesome. I, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he makes great. And I worked with Fire and Acutech and like really good companies. Awesome. Well, that's that's excellent. And uh, so. Are there any competitions in Israel that you can do, or do you have to fly here to shoot? No, no. I, there are uh, IPSC shooting in Israel, uh-huh. but it's really small, really small. And there are, like, many women in it, and I'm trying to, like, you know, grow it and show more women the way to it. But it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And the government won't make it easy for the sportive shooters. Right. Yeah, especially if you can have one gun in 50 rounds. How are you going to... So <laughs> yeah, yeah. if if you deplete your 50-round allotment, can you go buy another 50 rounds? I mean, I, do they you encourage you to practice and train? Home, mm-hmm. You can own in your home 50 rounds, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, wow. if you finish it, go get your 50 rounds, but this is it. You cannot, like, own 100 rounds. Wow, that's amazing yeah. for me. Um, fucking crazy. <laughs> so uh, if you... Is there a, like any ranges that you can go shoot at and then you can buy yeah. another 50 rounds? Oh, another, another crazy thing about Israel is that you are not uh, allowed to shoot in the range if you don't have like a gun license, a no. pistol license. You, so, you are not even allowed to shoot firearms in the range. Really? Crazy, yes. So they, they won't rent you a gun? You can't go rent a gun at a firearms range I, I, and shoot? Yeah, like, but like normal citizen who don't have like guns, License? No. They can only shoot like 22. Wow. This is it. Man. Yeah. It's so hard. 
So are there any indoor commercial ranges that um, exist now where like people can go shoot, like if you're licensed to do that or? Yeah, we have like a few ranges in Israel, but again, we are a very small country, so sure. everything here is really small compared to America. And this community is really small and it gets a lot of like hate. Mm. So it's really small and it, we, we like, I think almost half of the terror attacks are stopped by armed citizens. Mm. And once like um, it happens, we get like really good uh, comments and, ooh, yeah, you protect us, blah, blah, blah. But in like routine time, we get really bad comments. Right. Yeah, I, I've actually referenced some of the uh, civilians who've thwarted terror attacks in Israel on my show, and we've mentioned it on other podcasts that, you know, um, that alone is just amazing. If you said 50% of all terror attacks are thwarted by armed citizens. About 40, 40 and something percent, yeah. Yeah, Almost that's an amazing amount. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, just think about it, like we have only 100,000 people who can own one pistol with 50 rounds. And mm. there are almost 50% of the um, those who stop the terror attacks. It's crazy. That is amazing. That's an amazing statistic. There's a very similar statistic in America that gets overlooked a lot. And that is that one and a half to two and a half million times a year, a citizen uses a firearm to defend themselves from a criminal act, most of the time without a shot even being fired, just the presence of the gun ended the the situation, and you don't hear about that. All you hear about is the, you know, twelve to thirteen thousand negative outcomes with a firearm of you know an actual attack with a firearm on somebody else. Um, that's if you take out all the suicides and all the negative uh, gun related deaths. Um, but you never hear that statistic leading the news. They say because of the twelve to thirteen or fifteen thousand people a year where crime is involved, we need to do away with all guns. Even though there's two and a half million people defending themselves with guns a year, and a shot hasn't even been fired in in that situation. So um, I think the scales are tipped heavily in favor of firearms ownership. But um, walk us through the the process. Like if you were you know, a concerned citizen and you just wanted to get your gun license, what would that look like? And how is it even possible if, if you don't have some sort of special uh, status with military or something like that? Oh, no, you cannot. If you don't have like special something in the military or you live in a dangerous place, you cannot. Really? You cannot. This is fucking crazy. Oh. You can like, I know a lot of people who really asked me like, how did you get your pistol? I'm a shooting instructor. So this is one of the criterias but you need to go through like a few courses and you need to wait a few years to get your pistol. It's fucking crazy. And if you are just a concerned citizen who live in Tel Aviv and you like didn't do like um and you weren't a combat soldier in the IDF, you cannot get a pistol. Wow. No matter what. Yeah. Interesting. So getting back to your military career for a second, you um you were in the search and rescue of a combat unit, you said? Mm-hmm. 
So I started my service in August 2012, uh-huh. and I, I was in a desk role job because I had like a low medical profile. But once I drafted in the, the IDF, I fell in love, and I was like, I wanted to be a combo soldier. I want to, be, to become a combo soldier. And they go like, oh, you cannot. You have a low medical profile. And I don't like to hear no. So <laughs> I was just fighting the system for one year to move to combat, to combat role. Um, it was really hard, but it was really worth it because now I give lectures in Israel to um, young people who are about to draft to the IDF about my service and about the importance to serve and about our country. And I just love our army. I think this is one of the most important things about Israel is the IDF and that we are able to protect ourselves. Like mm. a lot of people, we have really huge mess in Israel right now, like mm. politics and stuff. And a lot of people just say, um, take the IDF out of it. Don't do anything about the IDF. Even if we don't agree on something, we are still going to protect our land, our country, ourselves. Because we remember what happened when we were like, without our army and without, like, you know, the protection of our uh, law enforcement. So I really love my job, like, in the in the reserve duty. I am a captain, and I do, like, um, I'm not sure how to say it in English. Mm. I'm a commander on, like, a small units of search and rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also give lectures. And I, I feel like this is one of the most important things I do because I I really wanted to be a combat soldier back then I didn't understand I didn't understand why but I was really fighting the system and then after one year I moved to search and rescue and it was fucking crazy it changed everything about me from a really shy and insecure kid I became myself so it it was a really huge change and you are dealing with things that you will never deal anywhere else. Sure. So I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll talk about that in a second. We're going to take a quick break. We're here with Oren Julie, the queen of guns on Rapid Fire, a 2A <laughs> talk show. Uh, so we'll be right back. You don't want to miss the other half of this. We're going to continue our conversation. Uh, we will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today.
Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly talk show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we are here with Oren Julie. I hope I didn't butcher the pronunciation of that. Uh, also known as Julie here in America, right? <laughs> and uh, we're having a fascinating conversation about life with firearms in Israel. So pretty cool. Um, near and dear to my heart, anyway. Uh, so I appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, before the break, we were talking about your military service. And that's something that's very unique to uh, Israel is this conscripted military service. Like everybody, male or female, has to serve uh, in the military. Um, and you said you give some speeches to people who are going to be drafted. Um, is What is the overall impression of that? Is that something that everybody just kind of accepts and they just know they got to do it? Or do people try to get out of it? Or uh, do you help them mentally prepare for it? Uh, This uh, is a very interesting question, I got to say, because I feel like a lot of people just, you know, go with it. We're going to the IDF and there is nothing we can do about it. But there are like a really small group of people that are saying like, we don't want to serve, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like there is a huge motivation to serve in the IDF. And we see a growth in, like, female combat soldiers. Mm-hmm. Many female combat soldiers now are drafting to the, to the IDF, into the police, and do amazing things. So I feel that, like there is a huge motivation. But, um, yeah, for those who don't remember where we came from, I remind them that, mm-hmm. like, 80 years ago, 6 million of us were, you know, killed. Right. So we have to protect ourselves, and we have to go to the IDF and do our job. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point, and uh, you know that, like I said earlier, no one is coming to save you if you don't save yourselves, if you don't arm yourselves, if you don't take it seriously. Uh, then you know we're. It's only a matter of time before evil descends upon you. And that can be said for any anybody, but uh, unfortunately, that's the state of the world we live in. Uh, one of the, I don't know if it's still a thing, but one of the more powerful experiences I had when I went to Israel was to go up on Masada. And uh, mm-hmm. we went up to the top of Masada and looked out over the uh, the whole region, and our tour guide was mentioning how they bring a lot of the graduates of the IDF up there to recite their kind of pledge of allegiance or whatever it's called, but the code of military conduct, or I don't know the Israeli equivalent of, of ours, you know, but um, did you have that same experience? Is that something they do? Not in Masada, but we have like something called Masakumta. It's like a really long journey to get the beret. Mm -hmm. Um, But in Masada, I got like my proposal. So it was really, yeah. (laughs) Very cool. It proposed there and it was amazing. Yeah. Because I love it tells us a lot of like history and where we came from and I love my country and my land. Yeah. Even though there are things that aren't so good here, but right. I will fight for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that was really interesting about Masada is, um, and for those listeners who don't know, you should certainly read the story about it, but um, it was a, a group of ASEANs, I believe, that went there to kind of live out their existence on, with the Roman occupation. And basically, they didn't, want to be, they didn't want to be ruled by the Romans, so they just went up on Masada, which was a Herodian, uh, basically, uh, summer home, if you will, or summer palace. And they stayed there until the Romans couldn't tolerate an unconquered people, correct? interrupt any time if I'm telling the story wrong, but uh, they they couldn't tolerate a unconquered people. So they 
use Jewish labor to build the roads all the way to Masada, and those those stones are still visible from the summit of Masada, and then built a siege ramp because they were going to come get them. They wouldn't tolerate them being unconquered, and they built a siege ramp all the way up to the top of the mountain. And at first, I think uh, some of the... Uh, the people who were staying there were throwing rocks down on the Roman soldiers, and then for every Roman they killed, they would kill a whole bunch of Jewish slaves. So they said, "Oh, this isn't a good, good plan." So they you uh, know a lot. I gotta tell you, you know really a lot. <laughs> oh, um, tell but- me if I'm going off the off the way. <laughs> but uh, and so um, tell the rest of the story if you would. What what happened? No, no. no? The thing is that you reminded me that we always, no matter where we've been in the world, like in no matter what time it was, we had to fight for ourselves. Mm. It's not only in Germany like 100 years ago. It's not like everywhere the Jewish people were and walking around and 2,000 years in exile, we had to fight for ourselves. Mm. And now we have our country and some of the people take it for granted. And this is super sad. Because we have a really short memory when it comes to our survival and how we have to protect ourselves. Now we have like a really good country, very developed and high-tech and everything. And we forget where yeah. we come from. Yeah. And I, this is one of the things I talk a lot to my followers and I speak a lot in my lectures that we have to remember where we came from. It's mm. not a long... 100 years, it's not a long time. No. And... Wherever we've been, we had to protect ourselves because I don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> they were trying to kill us. Yeah, well, uh, you bring up something very important. Uh, and the fact that you were in exile for 2,000 years, but I think it's pretty amazing and remarkable because it's never happened before where any other civilization on Earth has been exiled from their homeland and come back to their homeland and reestablished a government, spoke their original tongue, and has gone on to be a uh, major uh, role in the modern world. Like, that has never happened before. Like, the Mayan Indians are in ruins. The You know, the you, you just fill in the blank. Whatever other culture that existed uh, for a long time that ceased to exist... It has never come back and been uh, reestablished and become a major world player like Israel. So I, I, I love Israel. You make me really emotional right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to say it for my Israeli friends who don't appreciate their country. So mm. thank you. Yes, well, ho- you'll be able to share this with them. And, and, <laughs> I uh, will, absolutely. I will put like Hebrew subtitles on it and I will remind them how important is our country. Yes, it is. And uh, I, I love the fact that you're so patriotic about it. And and that is that is very awesome because that's how I feel about my country. And same thing has happened to us. We forget where we've come from. You know, we forget that the founding yeah. fathers of our country gave their fortunes, gave their families, gave their properties, gave their lives ultimately in a lot of cases to establish what we have. And we're so willing to just give it all away because we want ease or convenience or security or whatever, whatever, fill in the blank of whatever you're willing to trade, what freedom really means for whatever convenience or peace or security. You know, I know that sounds uh, like 
it's it's not a big deal. I understand being peaceful and secure is a big deal. However, I believe that's a self-reliant uh, trait like we need to be you know people who are moral people aren't gonna uh you know be the problem that we have to deal with continually it's the people who are immoral and there's ways of dealing with that you lock them up and you know you charge them with crimes and you put them away in jail but here in this country we let those people out and then we want to restrict the movements of the people who are largely law-abiding you know it's crazy because I, I every time I come to America, I, I talk about a lot about it. That some people really don't appreciate their freedom in America because some of Americans didn't travel like outside of America and didn't see how strict our countries. Mm. And you have amazing freedom. This is one of the things that I'm really passionate about in America: the freedom that you have and the thing that you want to have, like the power to people and not to the government and i think like everywhere else in the world it's like the opposite way mm. so i'm trying to even remind the americans that they have to appreciate their freedom because you shouldn't take it for granted for real it's uh, your founding fathers did an amazing job mm. so we had a pretty heavy uh conversation there let's lighten it up a little bit <laughs> no i'm just kidding but uh so what what are your future plans it looks like uh you're an entrepreneur um yeah. you're and why don't you tell us a little bit about that so i'm i'm still thinking about my future i gotta mm-hmm. tell you i'm thinking about it like these days because mm-hmm. i do want to speak more about mental health mm-hmm. also in english it's not my mother language my mother tongue so i'm trying really hard um, and I'm, I just want to spread the word and try to heal the world. Mm-hmm. Like it's not on me, but I'm trying to make some impact because I have a large following and a lot of people like um, love my content. And I want to be able to help them understand themselves. Mm-hmm. So I do want to dive more into uh, mental health. I will keep on being like a sporty shooter and I will keep on being like a second amendment advocate and here in Israel and also in America. Um, And I want to be a mother. (laughs) Oh, awesome. That's a very noble, uh, noble (laughs) goal. Uh, That's, that's exciting. Um, The, by the way, you are having an impact and you're just by being on the show today, a lot of people are going to hear how important it is to take care of mental health, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, that's really important, especially around gun space uh, in America, because if we don't do it ourselves, that means the the good people, the advocates of firearms ownership, and those who are active in our community, then it's going to be mandated by government. That's the the way it is, and that's something that usually gets screwed up pretty good along the way. And uh, so let's do it from within the industry and you're doing a phenomenal job on that. If you ever come, want to come to Cape Cod, Massachusetts, which is where we are, you can speak at our place and we'll have a meet and greet and all that good stuff. So the, the door is open. It would be a wonderful opportunity for you to see more of America. But um, mostly when you come to America, where do you go? Do you mostly just go to like SHOT Show in Vegas? or Yeah, uh, it's Vegas and Texas and all the gun-friendly states yes. mainly. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I love to travel in America. You have amazing places and amazing views and mm-hmm. you have so much to see. It's like endless. It's yeah. huge. In Israel, <laughs> we are really a tiny country right. and you can travel all around Israel, like in six hours. Mm-hmm. So 
to come to America, it's like, it's a dream come true for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're in the East Coast, way up Northeast, and uh, we're not a gun-friendly state in my state, but we are what we call behind enemy lines, trying to <laughs> make awareness and, you know, be advocates of good, responsible gun owners in, in America. And so, it's uh, amazing. yeah. And, uh, but if you ever do come up this way, certainly let us know. And, uh, if, do you go to SHOT Show every year or? Yeah. Okay. Every year. No matter oh. what, I'll come. <laughs> oh, great. So I'll have to run into you this year when, when we're at SHOT Show. Uh, I, last SHOT Show, um, I was, taking a lot of the classes, you know, the uh, university classes, the shot university classes. So I didn't get to walk the floor much. Um, I was out on the range for um, media day, but that was the extent of my real social interaction other than a couple of parties I went to at that night, but at night, but so uh, I didn't get to do the big meet and greet that I wanted, but maybe next year we'll, we'll certainly have to, uh, meet up wherever wherever you are you you're at the Terran tactical booth or whatever yeah yeah nice. probably i will be yeah <laughs> how is it how is it working with with him is it uh i mean i know he's, he's an awesome. amazing shot and good he's awesome he has like really good products but like personally he's such a great dude for real and some people in the industry don't see it because i feel like americans love the gossip and all the mm-hmm bad stuff but i gotta tell you he's an amazing dude he has an amazing like people around him right now and i'm super happy for him mm-hmm. and working with him is like a dream come true because i'm the only one in israel who have the combat master mm-hmm. and all, all um and he's sending me like the sand viper and this is fucking crazy <laughs> yeah that's a so, good without the f word sorry no <laughs> <laughs> the sand viper is one that i actually would like to get my hands on that is a beautiful looking uh, great gun. And I was actually just lamenting the other day that I don't have a really good competition pistol myself. And so I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to get, but, uh, I don't know if I'm going to I'll help you with it. <laughs> oh yeah. You could help me yeah. with that. Oh, all right. Well, I might have to take you up on that. <laughs> uh, but, um, so that's great. And, uh, do you actually do competitive shooting, uh, in America with him or on uh, any of those? No, events? actually, no. I didn't do like um, comp- competition in America yet. Mm. I really want to do, but it, I think like it's a lot of bureaucracy to fly with my pistol. Mm. So I need to figure it out, but I will do it for sure. Yeah, that that would, I imagine that would be really a lot hard. of red <laughs> tape, a lot of red tape. Uh, yeah. yeah, we do. Uh, well, obviously guns get back and forth somehow because we sell a lot of the IWI products, you know, the Tavor rifle mm, and yeah. the, uh, the Ace Galil. And the, um, we can't sell the pistols in our shop because we have this thing called mm. a approved weapons roster, which hopefully will go away some someday soon. But what is the primary weapon of the IDF? Is it the Tavors or is it an AR-15? Uh, some units use the Tavor and some units use like the M16 Colt. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the M16 like more yeah. in the IDF. Okay. Um, yeah. And what about a sidearm? What is the Israeli pistol? Mm, uh, only like a few units have like a sidearm. Really? And they probably have like or Jericho or Glock 19. Mm-hmm. Nothing like, woohoo, yeah. no. The regular stuff. <laughs> Both of those work 
when they yeah. need to be need to work, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So interesting, kind of off topic. I uh, I got into watching that show on Netflix, uh, Fauda. Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah. Is that is that based in any type of reality or is it like yeah? All, Actually, is it really, yeah. yeah. So the the um, dude who wrote this um, mo- movie series, yes, yeah, so he he was in the um, I don't know how to say it in English, but in Hebrew it's Mister Mister Vim. It's like the people who are putting on a costume and like go arresting people inside. It's really really badass. Like everything you see on in Fauda, it's almost the reality yeah. for them yeah well it's it's i found it to be a pretty interesting uh show because it doesn't take a hard line either side like I, you would think it would mm-hmm. i know it's done by israelis and it's you know but i figured it would have more of a pro israel um slant to it but i thought it was surprisingly mm-hmm. um raw if you will because I feel like reality is super complicated. Like yeah. in Israel, there's not like, I wouldn't say like uh, we, we are all good and we're all like pure and they are the bad guys. Mm. It's super complicated. This is a war. And in I feel like there is in war, there is no winning. There is no winner. So it's mm. really complicated. It's, it's, I don't feel like it's us or them. I feel like it's us or Hamas, mm. like the terror organization, the control, the people. Yeah. who want to live, like, you know, peaceful life. And whenever people are going against the IDF, I tell them, if you really care about the innocent citizens in Gaza, go against the terror organizations that control this area. Mm. Yeah, like you said, it's extremely complicated. And, uh, you know, I I applaud your efforts to uh, bring awareness and, you know, everyday life in, in Israel. I'm sure it's... Uh, certainly unique and different to any other part of the world, really, if if you think about it. Um, and that was something that was very eye-opening to me was uh, the six or seven million people that live there um, are surrounded by 60 or 70 million people that want to see them cease to exist. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> But fortunately, there's been some good deals, I think, that have happened in the past few years. Um, I don't know how it's actually played out on the street. That's a whole different conversation, but uh, with some of the treaties that have been signed and whatnot. And I know, again, things are things are crazy, but um, uh, who knows? I, I, I personally hope uh, things continue to trend in the right direction for, for you. And uh, I personally can't wait to come back to Israel someday. It's going to be... Uh, You're welcome anytime. I will yes. take you to all two places. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I... When I was there um, the first time, I didn't get to go to a bunch of areas because of the intifada that was happening. Mm-hmm. But the second time I came, uh, that had ended, and I was able to go to Golan Heights, and I was able to go to Bethlehem mm-hmm. and stuff. But there's still some areas. I, I actually wanted to do more of a like a rural uh, type of hike, if you will, in the mountains of Engedi or uh, the wilderness of Engedi or something like that, you know, where... Because it's beautiful, and or do like an ibex hunt or something. I don't know if you can even do that. Do they allow hunting in Israel? I don't know. I never did. <laughs> but <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> that's that's like something on my bucket list. If I could make that happen, like hiking up in those mountains with these beautiful ibex rams that like have these huge full curls, they're so cool to look at. And uh, <laughs> that was like one of the things. I'm a big hunter out here, so. 
Oh, you know, nice. But in Israel, we don't have hunters, I no. think, at all. So yeah, I think there is. I just don't know if it's like a special. I think like less than one hundred people. Really, in the whole yeah. country. So that's not yeah. a big. But maybe uh, they just like hunt pigs in northern of Israel, where the pigs like interrupt the people, but nothing more than that. Not for fun. Okay, that's yeah. uh, that's interesting. I thought for sure you could, but maybe not. All right, it's obviously not a big uh, a big tourist attraction. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well. <clears throat> So uh, at least I could get the hiking out of my uh, system, right? Do you guys have any, like, yeah. wilderness hiking and all that? Yeah, yeah, that- <laughs> And I've never made it all the way down to, uh, if if I butcher the pronunciation, but is it uh, Iret, the Or uh, mm-hmm. the little, uh, at the very southern tip, there's a... Um, Elat? Elat, thank, thank you, that's Elat. it. Yeah, so it looks like a beautiful area to, like, beach yeah. resort and and all that i never went as far south as that we only went as far south as uh the dead sea but um mm. yeah it, it's an awesome place and it's really different from the north because in the north everything is like green and you know we mm-hmm. have um um i don't know how to say it in english sorry so i'll go to the south so in the south of israel in Iraq, you have like really desert and camels and it's really funny that you can see Forest, beach, um, desert in six hours. Wow. Great. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Israel, when I was there, was a beautiful, lush uh, area. The, the, what was really neat was to learn about the, like the Jaffa oranges that were all like <laughs> irrigated with brackish water and stuff like that. that I, w- I found that whole technology fascinating. I don't know if it's still happening or not, but it was, uh, it was very interesting. And then to sit in like uh the garden of gethsemane with olive trees that are 2000 years old it was just wild i i mean made goosebumps on my skin but uh it was pretty you make me really emotional about this right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're gonna have to walk around and say i know this place <laughs> uh well um yeah that's how i felt when i was there you know what honestly what what was cool was my uh when we first got there, that tour guide, Ezra, when we got off our plane and he met us in the, on the bus, he said, welcome home. And <laughs> it really struck me. And I was like, wow, what, what do you mean? He goes, I mean that. Welcome home. And, uh, and he said, there's no atheists here. <laughs> you don't all believe the same way, but there's no atheists here. And uh, we are really happy you're here. And so... Anyway, uh, if, right from the first second I touched gra- touched the ground in Israel, I felt welcome. I felt like at peace in my soul. You know, it was it was a really yeah. it was really cool, and uh, I had a time of my <laughs> life. So, one of these days, I'll have to get back. It's I don't want to just remember it. I want to go back and experience go, it. All come over. back, yes. come back. It's a country and really awesome people and really warm people. We might not agree on everything, and we might fight a lot but i feel like whenever someone needs us we will be there and we will help no matter what so mm. this is that kind of like the israeli mentality to always help and be there and yeah yeah it's a, I po- love it. a powerful experience um yeah so do you have any plans uh coming up that like you're 
going to be doing uh, as far as maybe talks in the mental health space or shooting competitions? Yeah, I, or- think, I think I'll come like in the end of this year, around October, because um, I have reserve duty in one of the borders of, of Israel, like in um, May. And usually I come in May to mm-hmm. the United States, but this year I have reserve duty. So I'll probably come again in October to like do like, um, work with uh, gun companies and do my uh, talking about mental health and yeah I just every time I like come back home to Israel I do love my country but I feel like something about my soul belongs to the United States yeah. I don't know why but your flag like makes me goosebumps for real <laughs> I don't know why that's great. I well, think we have maybe a very in life. I was like a marine soldier or something like this. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a kinship, like a very close bond between Israel and America. I, yeah. I, I feel it, and uh, I think it's it's really cool to see, um, you know, how, you know, there's so many similarities uh, between our countries, and um, I know there's a lot of big differences as well, especially as politics or government and whatnot. But uh, all that aside, I think that. Um, you're the you're the birthplace of history for crying out loud. If if you think about it, you know, it's it's so cool to go there. And I mean, just from an architect uh, architectural standpoint, I found it amazing because I come from a uh, construction background where I have a I've done a lot of design, and I'm, I remember seeing in uh, you know all these tells that I would go to and all the old Roman columns or you know something the architecture of eras bygone it was it was pretty fascinating but um i don't want to take too much time other than to say uh um uh, you know why don't you tell some people how they can follow your work follow you whether it be on social media or youtube tell everyone how they can uh like okay. and subscribe so, to your channel um because i love firearms social media is hard for me so mm-hmm. i'm shadow band on instagram of course mm-hmm. so you need to type in o-r-i-n um Dash underscore dash, right? underscore underscore yeah yep. underscore J U L I E otherwise you won't find me and I'm on Facebook TikTok YouTube LinkedIn and everywhere just type in Orange Julie and I hope you'll find me and enjoy my content yeah so it's O R I N underscore Julie J U L I E correct okay and uh, how does it work on TikTok because uh, I heard <sighs> I heard TikTok is really bad. Really, really bad. I don't know why, but I get all the time like account warning and they take down my account and they bring it back. Take oh. down and bring it back. Because I don't know how to create content without firearms. <laughs> and you have to create content for TikTok without firearms. So I'm putting on my like, you know, uniforms or like a plate carrier and I'm like without firearms and I'm like, ugh, it's not <laughs> going to work. Um, it's hard on TikTok, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, not as fun if you got to leave the gun out of the out of the. Uh, I, we run into the same thing. Um, I jokingly say that Mark Zuckerberg has his foot on my neck, and mm. uh, you know we're always in warning status of our account being disabled. We've already had one account completely taken down after eight years, and uh, for not violating his community standards agreement. I don't know how that works, but unfortunately, it's the world we live in. Yeah, people people don't want to see guns, I guess, in the hands of competent people. So yeah, it's their loss. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Fun, <laughs> fun with guns. I agree. Well, uh, 
Julie, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you and getting to know with you, getting to know you a little bit. Um, you're certainly going to have to come out to the East Coast and uh, and uh, we'll show you around Cape Gunworks. We have a big, beautiful facility here and you can shoot on our range. And, uh, you know, uh, it's not illegal for you to do that here. So, <laughs> as you know, I'm sure. But uh, thanks so much. And uh, thanks for all you do in the uh, mental health community. I, I appreciate that. Very important. And uh, we'll definitely have to sync up at SHOT Show. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. All right. Great talking to you. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, but remember, this show ends here. But you can always tune in at rapidfireradio.us. Or call or text the Rapid Fire line, leave a message if we're off the air, 508-444-2120. And keep up the good fight, support your local community, and be an advocate for responsible gun ownership. And together as Americans or Israelis, we can (laughs) overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary, and God bless. We'll see you next time. Thank you.